Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Romans chapter 12. We're back studying signs of the times. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read it in three translations. I believe we need to listen to what the Spirit of God is saying and obey what he's doing. Very unique day in which we live. Things are happening. Things are conspiring. Things are culminating. Truly we're living at the end of an age. I do not see how humanity in its current state can last much longer in its current condition. When I came back to the Lord on March the 7th, 1984, the next morning I got a Bible and I really didn't know where to read. It was my mom's Bible and so I basically just let it fall open. It fell open to Romans chapter 12. I just figured God was trying to tell me something. And anybody that would get born again or come back to the Lord, I would instruct them to go to Romans chapter 12 for the information they need to continue their walk with God. Listen, people have to understand that being born again, becoming a Christian is a total and radical life change. Say, well, Pastor, I believe I can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It'll never work. One will give to the other. And usually it's sin and iniquity that will draw you back that's in your flesh and mind because you're not yielding to spiritual things. But God wants you to grow spiritually. He wants you to be empowered spiritually. And he wants you to receive from him so that your spiritual life will be a witness to others in the natural. They can see God blessing your life. So as I begin to read there in, in the King James, let me get in the King James and read it first. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amplified says it like this. I appear to you therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive decision, uh, excuse me, a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable and rational intelligent service and spiritual worship. Everybody say spiritual worship. Now it says this in the, in the, in the Passion Bible, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourself to God to be His sacred living sacrifices, to live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Now, one of the number one areas that men and women, once they get born again and decide to serve God, is, is with their flesh. Because whether you realize it or not, your flesh has been through a training process of sin. A process. You're, you're the iniquity of your spirit in cooperation with your mind trained your flesh to sin. And if you continue in that sin, then you'll get a paycheck, a wage. The Bible calls it death. 
Now that doesn't mean you, you, know, you just fall over dead. The word death, when it comes to the human experience, is the word separation. That's why we see so much divorce or separation. People separated from their, from their money. People separated from their minds. People separated from all kinds of things in life because they've allowed their flesh to run them. And if your flesh runs you, it will ruin you. So where you used to use your hands to, you know, to, to open the liquor bottle or to roll the joint or to line up the cocaine, you better start using them to open up the Bible. Where you use your feet to take you to the bars and the, and the places to carouse around, you better start using them to bring you to church. Amen. Trying to help you tonight. Where you used to use your eyes to behold pornography and all kinds of perverse things, you better get your eyes on the Word of God and get your eyes on things that are holy and righteous. Listen, if you will do it, God will empower you to be free from it. Because not only does God free you from the particular problem, He frees you from the desire of it. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can break the desire of sin in your flesh. And then when you begin to worship God, you learn how to lift your hands. You learn how to shout to the Lord. You learn how to run around the church when the unction's there. You learn how to dance in the spirit. You learn how to weep at the altar. You, know, you, learn, you learn how to laugh with joy. All of those things replace all of those negative emotions and negative lifestyles that train you in the, in the art of sin. Amen. It's a process that you're in all your life. Then the next verse says this, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amplified says this, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after, adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, change, hold on, lost my place here, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas, its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Man, isn't that good? Says this in the, says this in the Passion Bible. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. Listen to that again. Stop imitating the ideas, the opinions of the culture around you, but, but inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Now, just by experience, I mean, you know, I didn't get this out of somebody's books, just by my own experience. I literally had to pour myself into this. The first day, the second day, the third day. I'm always amazed at this. Every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while somebody will catch me as I either come out of my office before or after service, want to talk to me, so I'll invite them in. And they'll sit down and tell me of their struggles. Many of them have told me about struggles with addictions, struggles with different things in life. And I, and I could tell that they were really sincere in wanting to be free of that. 
Many times this would happen, uh, you know, like on a like before a, a communion service or before a uh, like a Sunday morning, and we'd have communion service that night. That's the la- the latest one that has happened to me. That's when it happened. We were having a communion service the next night. Other times, you know, you uh, uh, Wednesday night or whenever it is. But I, I would talk to them, pray with them, love on them as their pastor, and then I would say to them, "Well, proof that something really is in you, desiring to change, would be you'll be in this service tonight." Because if you can't be in this service tonight, this was all in vain. And they look at me kind of crazy. And not one of them has ever been in the service, come to the prayer service, come back to church except three, four, five, sometimes weeks or months later and want to talk to me again for the same situation. It does not work. It will never work. Christianity cannot be a hobby that you do sometimes. No, this is a life that God has called you has called you to live. Now, as we're studying what we're calling the signs of the times, I'm going to share a few things with you tonight. Some may alarm you, some may, I don't know. Uh, You'll just have to to receive it on the level that it's intended because it is my intention to help you transition and navigate what's going on in the world today. If you think that the way things are outside right now are going to continue in that vein very much longer, you're very much wrong. It's amazing how we are in the, this is the 45th night in which every night for 45 nights people have been praying in the Holy Ghost here in this church. Now let me just tell you a little bit something about intercession. As an evangelist, intercession would come upon me maybe once a week or once every other week. If I was in a continual meeting, say I started on a Sunday morning, went through Wednesday night, did two services a day, At least one afternoon, because I prayed in the afternoon, at least one afternoon during that time, intercession would grip me and have a hold of me. Pastoring a church, it let up. You say, what do you mean? Well, it would be maybe sometimes six weeks or two months or, 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 or a quarter, once a quarter, in which true, what I call true intercession, which you know intercession when it grabs you in the spirit and you know that the Holy Ghost is praying in you and through you to accomplish a purpose. You know it, amen? Well, uh, you know, it would happen, you know, just pastoring the church. It would happen, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe ever six weeks, maybe ever two months, maybe ever qu- once a quarter. So it, it wasn't near as much as it was when I was an evangelist. Uh, excuse me, evangelist, actually a traveling teacher would be a better description of what I did for, for 18, about 18 to 20 years. Now, when I first walked in to the church, That first night to pray, I was by myself. Nobody else was here. That was a result of something that happened to me. Now, years ago in 19, this would be February of 1989, I was in Athlone, Ireland. Now, I had been preaching since 1984. Now, it's 1989. That's five years. Now, sitting in in that living room of Ken and Ann Ashworth, precious, precious missionaries in Ireland, still there. He's fixing to celebrate his 80th birthday. And uh, uh, just great. They opened so many doors for me and just was really a blessing. Still are a blessing. I mean, we just did a conference last year. They were right there in the middle of the conference. They're just people that have such a heart for Ireland. Well, up until that time, I'd never said, well, I'm an evangelist or I'm a, I'm a teacher or I'm this or that. I just call myself a preacher. People would ask me, what office do you walk in? I said, I, I, I don't really know that I walk in any office. I just, I preach the Bible. The Bible, God told me to go out and preach the Bible, told me to travel, so that's what I'm doing. But in that living room that night 
as we were just talking, they were just having a conversation, we were just talking, something fell out of heaven. And it was so tangible to me, I still remember it to this day. Like, like, like if you've ever made a, a, a coin call, I don't, I don't know if there's even pay phones anymore. Is there pay phones anymore? I don't think I've seen one in years. Anyway, back if you've ever used a payphone, you would drop a coin and you could hear it go down into the phone. That's the only way I could describe what happened to me is something went into me and dropped down into me. And I'm telling you, the power of God hit me. It was 45 minutes before I got up off the floor. I had no idea what it was. So I got on my knees. I started praying. I said, Lord, what was that? That was not anything I could have made up. It was not anything I could have imagine that would have come out, come out of my mind or my intellect. I don't think I ate anything that could have done that, you know. <laughs> that was something supernatural. That was something spiritual. That was something, I, I don't know. And about three days later, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I have dropped the office of a teacher into your spirit. You will walk in the office of a teacher. You will teach not by study. That doesn't mean I don't study. I study quite a lot. You can go look in my office. I've got study books, Bibles. I've gone through all kinds of stuff. He said, you will not teach by, by, uh, by study, but by revelation. I will give you revelation. Many times God will give me one scripture. I'll look at it, and the whole thing will just open up. And so for years and years and years, that operated. Operated on the field. Operated here in the church. Now, just a few weeks ago, a couple in the church invited us over to, uh, to have some dinner. And we just, 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 you know, just some people meeting to have dinner. There wasn't a prayer meeting going on, wasn't anything going on. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, I had the same experience. Literally falling out of heaven, something dropped into me and dropped down into my spirit. That hadn't happened since 1989. I did not know what it was. I wondered if God was putting me or setting me in another office of ministry. So I got on my knees. I began to pray. I said, Lord, what is this? The Lord spoke to me and he says, that is provision for the last days. It will begin with prayer. That's what the Lord spoke to me. Now, let me just say this. Things that are supernatural to hap that happen to ministers used to be incredibly reverenced. I grew up under Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. Brother Hagan had eight encounters or visions with the Lord Jesus Christ, teaching him on everything from demon and demon powers to how faith operates to correct structure of the local church. And the last encounter he had in a vision in which Jesus appeared to him was in 1987. In 1987... God spoke to him about order in the church when it came to clapping, when it came to singing, when it came to all kinds of activity in the church. And out of, that, out of that encounter came a book called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. Has anybody ever read that book? Several people have. Now, for the most part, that was rejected. Now listen, when you begin to reject people's experiences in the spirit, you're setting yourself up for something. Amen? Let me give you a little story. I'm going to come back to Brother Hagin. Years ago, this foul, demonic religion called communism began to raise its head upon the earth. I mean, you can go back to its origins and study how it came out of witchcraft. It came out of the occult. It's anti-God and it's anti-human. And in the name of communism, there's probably been, uh, conservatively, around 100 million people killed in the name of their religion. 
Now, when that began, especially in what they call the Bolshevik Revolution, y'all go study this in history, it's fascinating. There's some people over in the kind of the mid, it wouldn't be in what you would call Eastern Europe, but right in that Eastern Europe buffer around uh, Soviet Georgia, what they would call Georgia. Uh, 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 what is that other nation right in there? Anyway, there's several nations. It's got those long names, the, uh, you know, that, that have a kind of hard to pronounce. Anyway, there's a nation tucked in there called Armenia, or it was called Armenia at the time. Now, this Bolshevik re revolution was gaining ground and aiming itself toward Moscow. As it did, it was coming through Armenia. And God anointed an 18-year-old kid as a prophet and gave him a warning. And he went to family, because in Armenia, most people were spirit-filled Christians, had the Holy Ghost, were born again. There was no predominant uh, religion there like Catholicism or anything else. Listen, these people knew the Lord and knew what was happening. As this young man went through Armenia, he warned every family. He would stay in their house. He would tell them about the experience that he had. And he would talk to them and tell them, this is what's going to happen. Great destruction is coming. Well, they thought there's no way. One family that we know of, I'm sure there were others, but one family that we know of called the Shikarian family came out of Armenia literally months before the communists came in there and slaughtered them all. Every Christian killed hundreds of thousands of them. Well, we know the Shikarians had a, had a that, that, that was the grandfather of a man named Demas Shikarian who started Full Gospel Businessmen. And because of Full Gospel Businessmen, there are thousands and thousands of people all over the world that are born again today because of them. But it was a prophet, a young 18-year-old prophet of God who God gave that warning to so that that young prophet could go all around and tell people, something's fixing to happen, you better get out of here. You better get out of this nation, you better get out of here because something's fixing to happen. And they did not heed his calling and most of them were slaughtered. These are Christians, people that are supposed to be led by the Holy Ghost and know the Word of God. Now back to Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin wrote Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. Lee and I were in field ministry. We'd go to churches and walk in the door. And I'm telling you, people would just, they would just, remember how radical some of, even the pastors would say, well, I read Brother Hagin's book. I don't believe any of that at all. We've got dancers in our church. We've got this in our church. We, you ever notice why, why we don't have ballet dancers at Island Church? See, a lot of times God will give you revelation. Then you have to go study it in the Word of God. He'll give it to you by the Spirit first. But then you got to go find it in the Word. Here's the reason. Because back in the day of the temple, whenever Israel was a godly nation and doing what they were supposed to do, the men danced in the temple. But when they got into sin and got into rebellion against God, the women danced in the temple and they were all prostitutes. Amen. We can give you all kind of other scriptural background. But if we go read Brother Hagin's book. You can, you can get the details on that. But a lot of people rejected it. And it was right at a time in which leadership itself was stepping down. We begin to have people in, in, in powerful positions in which they just, they just, you know, you no longer respected the president because of what he did. You no longer respected governors because of what they did. You no longer respected uh, people who were, you know, in offices, mayors in the cities. There started a rip and a division where even the two political parties that were predominant political parties here in the United States begin to disdain one another. Amen. 70s into the 90s. 
into 2,000 different ones that were holding office. And it seemed one person after the next, after the next, after the next, suffered great resistance. Then, thank God, America elected its first black president. I don't say African-American. He's an American. Amen. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, finally, there's somebody there the nation can honor. And there was an attempt, but it was pretty futile because one side didn't agree with the other and the same old division was there. And then after his presidency that ran for eight years, they elected someone else that absolutely is hated without exception. Now, because of that, much of what we're experiencing today in the world, not just in the United States, but in the world, is teetering on the brink of anarchy. Amen? Now, in the midst of that, God is wanting to awaken and stir the church. Let me say it like this. He's wanting to stir and awaken the church. The problem is the majority of the church is asleep, including Island Church. Including Island Church. I mean, when you can gather 200, 250 on a Sunday morning, you can't get 15 or 20 in a prayer room. Ain't nobody awake. Ain't nobody awake. And the problem is not waking up in a day and an hour like this can cost you the same thing it cost those Armenian people. You say, what is that? Your life. The de Listen, the devil is out to kill you every day. Every day. Let me give you an example. You know, we've been praying, and uh, that's not just the only time I pray. I also have a personal prayer life. So I had been up here at the church on Tuesday, and I had been studying some things in the Word, looking at some things, and, and then I'd spend some time praying. And they had called me. I had a dentist appointment scheduled for, for after fall harvest. And I needed to get my teeth worked on. Back before all this craziness happened, they shut down all the dentist office. So I, I, I'm, I'm, it, I, my, my appointment was at 3 o'clock, so I left the church, and I just had this in my gut. I thought, what is this? So I just began to pray. And I went home, and Leah was there, and I, I got ready. I think I changed clothes or did something. And as I'm headed for the, for the dentist, the Lord spoke in my spirit. says, the devil's going to try and kill you. He's going to try and kill you. I'm like, huh, okay. See, that's happened to us more than once. When Leah had Breland, the Lord spoke to me by the Holy Ghost in intercessory prayer and said, the devil's going to try to kill your daughter and your wife both at the same time. And that's exactly what he tried to do. But we had already prayed and interceded, and God saved them both, and they're alive and strong today. Now, then, listen, let me tell you something, church. You don't realize how serious this stuff is. That's one of the problems. We just think, well, you know, I can still walk out the door. I can still buy bread at the store. I can still do this. And I'm telling you, church, there is a deterioration in this world right now that's being caused by satanic forces loosed upon this earth. And there are demonic powers that are activated that have not been activated ever. And they're loose and they want to kill you. They want to kill you. So I begin to pray. I begin to intercede. And all the way to the dentist office, I prayed and interceded. And I, you know, I, it kind of lifted off of me and I, Went in and they, you know, they took my temperature. I was 98.1. I run a little cool. And then they did my, uh, uh, what's it called? The blood pressure. Blood pressure was fine. And so they had a new technician. Now, I, I, if you look in my mouth, I've got a fortune in my mouth. <laughs> Lots of gold and all kinds of stuff. Amen. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of dental work done. And usually when I go in there, they'll take a little... It's a Q-tip about that long, and they'll just, you know, just not even, it doesn't even look like there's anything on the end, and they'll kind of stick it and hold it in one spot, and they'll just hold it there, 
And then, you know, then the doctor would come in with a needle and begin to deaden. I had a cavity on the top, a cavity on the bottom, so they'd go all the way back in the back. And, 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 and uh, so she's there by herself, and she has three of them. She's holding them in her, in her hand. And I notice there's huge globs, huge globs of lidocaine on these three, on these three uh, Q-tips. She puts one up here, one here, one down here, and turns around and walks out of the room. Well, that stuff ran down into my throat, and like somebody was choking me. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't swallow. It put me in great duress. Thankfully, the dentist walked in there, saw what was going on, got me up, got me revived, but it was the enemy trying to kill me. Exactly what it was. So you've got to understand, this is a very serious situation that we're in. No other church... No other time has churches been in the situation they're in right now. And what is going on in the earth demands that we intercede, that we pray, and that we cry out to God for miracles and answers in the church or we ain't going to make it. I said, we ain't going to make it. You say, eh, come on, man. You just, you just try and blow this thing out of proportion, try to get some, some people to come to pray. Let me tell you something. You coming to pray is really not the issue for me. I sure hope you do. I sure hope you rise up and recognize. I sure hope you wake up to the hour in which you're living in. But I'm praying for my own survival, my own thriving, my family, and I'm praying over you. Amen? I know what it's like to birth a move of God. One of the most amazing things, now let me say this because some of you may be aware of this, some of you may not. One of the most amazing things is that in our field ministry, we saw many moves of God around the nation and around the world. Ireland, Hawaii, up in Lamarck, other places all around. And let me tell you something, they all came to a screeching halt at the same time. Boom! Like you slammed on the brakes. I mean, it was one of the most amazing, one, one particular situation, move of God. Lee and I were so, so concerned about it. We prayed, we interceded. We prayed that Brother Hagen would have a part in helping resurrect this thing and bring it and put it right back on the line. And sure enough, he showed up to minister. It was the worst meeting he ever had. And that whole thing went awry just like that. I was like, my God. And God rescued us out of Ireland at the right time, rescued us out of every other place and set us here in Galveston to not only survive but to thrive. Amen. He did, listen, let me say, he did it to save our lives. Amen. And some of you, you don't realize it, he did it to save your life. Amen. And I've watched people come and go around here and I've seen the opposition that comes on people when they start coming to church, how their minds and the adversary with all of his deceit and everything he wants to do, he begins to bombard your mind. He get, begins to put people in your life that begin to say things, that begin to distort things. Let me tell you, they're not your friends. They're not your friends. You've got to recognize and realize to stay in church today, you have to fight. And if you don't fight, you will find the back door real quick. You say, why? Because there is a pressure upon the church and God's people like there's never been before. And you better pray your way through it so you can make your way through it. Amen? Amen. How's my time? Oh, I'm almost... All right. Finally, we have a picture of the election. It's amazing how much is riding on this election, but I'm going to tell you, the election it ain't going to make a hill of beans one way or another. Because no matter which way this election turns, this thing's going to go down. One, 
if one side is elected, it'll go down by their takeover. Because they will take over. Now let me say something to you. You may not believe this, but let me tell you. They will take over and they will stop church as we know it. So, ah, I don't, that's the craziest thing. Go to California right now. I can, I can name other states. I've talked to other pastors that have thri had thriving churches six months ago. And now they hadn't had a service in six months. And they have no idea what they're going to do. Their giving's right at about 20%. And if anybody does gather, you're not even allowed to sing anymore. Amen. These are the people that are wanting power. These are the people that are wanting to control. They want to take guns. They want to take abortion so people can have children live and then decide whether they're going to live or not. I'm telling you, it's the most bizarro, it's the most crazy, demonic system that has ever been on this planet. And some result of it, it is the culmination and it is the maximizing of the demonic religion of communism. They want to dress it up in some social deal saying you're going to get all this free stuff, you're going to get this and that. It has been a lie all the way since 1912. And it has demanded the blood of millions of people and you ain't no different. You ain't no different. And there's not but one answer. You say, what is that? Oh, let's, let's talk about the other. Okay, the other, well, pastor, without the other side, we're going to get a miracle. The other side is going to get elected. Then they're going to take this country into anarchy. They're going to burn the cities down. Listen, prophets have seen this for years. Credible prophets who know God and know the will of God, men of holiness, men of righteousness who pray in the Holy Ghost. Brother Hagin, go read some of his prophecies. He has seen the cities burning. He has seen the people dying. And we are living in that day. And if I'm not a true pastor or a watchman, and if I don't warn people and tell them this is the day that we're living in, then I'm not doing my job. You say, well, Pastor, you just try to scare somebody. I don't have to try. It's out there. The beast is loose. He's on the earth. He's flexing his muscles. But we are the ones with the authority to withhold that, which is coming upon the earth. And if we don't do it, we fail in what we're doing. It's going to be, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. Multitudes are in the valley of decision, as it says in the book of Joel multitudes don't know what to do. Multitudes have no idea whatsoever what's going on on this earth. Look at the control that, 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 they, that they've put upon you. Look at how they're controlling every aspect of life. How they're using intimidation, manipulation, control, the foundational bedrock realities of the occult. Satan is flexing his muscles, but he's still defeated. Yeah. And so is every other demon power. And it's been amazing because we've been in a literally a 15 to 17, 18 year drought in which the true teaching of the Word of God, any place it's truly taught, where they taught, teach you who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ, where they teach you the true authority of the believer, the devil has done everything it can do to just destroy churches like that. And the problem is people cooperate with it. And they get these little petty offenses and these little this and that. And all it is is just foul little devils. Lord showed me a vision one time. Just one of those little mini visions I get. And this person had something. They just thought it was so cool. And they had this big smile. 
And they were walking around, and they'd share it with one person, and they'd share it with another. And you could see there was kind of like a, kind of like an aroma coming up, you know, like you see on a cartoon or something. And they'll kind of, they'll kind of try and draw, draw a, 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 like a smoke or a smoke. And they walk up to someone else and go like this and, and go like that. And, and I thought, what do they have? What do they look? And I, and so the Lord let me see, and they opened up their hand like that, and it was this piece of garbage full of maggots, rotten, nasty, and they thought it was so, it was a treasure. And the Lord said, that's people that talk about, tear up, rip up churches, go from place to place to place. I met with a guy one time, and he'd been in four churches. I said, isn't it amazing how God has sent you to four different churches, and every one of the pastors are messed up, and you're not. You better wake up. The days that we're living are, are dangerous days. Now, let me read this. How's my time? I got 20 more minutes. <laughs> let me read this real quick. Verse 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, now listen to this, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Everybody say soberly. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amplified says, says this, let me find it here. It says, For by the grace, the unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of yourself more highly than you ought to, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. Now, what gets you intoxicated more than anything else is information. Let, let, me, let me help you for a moment. Say, say you're diagnosed with a, with a disease. You know, you're, you, you go to the doctor, you go to a specialist, and you're bombarded with information. You know, this is, this is your prognosis, this is your treatment, you know, and you're just boom, 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 and every day, and then you do your own investigation. You get on the internet, you go to the, you know, WebMD and all that kind of stuff, and, and so next thing you know, two weeks have gone by, three weeks have gone by, you've not even considered the Word of God, but you've inundated yourself with all the information about that disease. Everybody with me? You've lost your sobriety. You've lost your sobriety. You're under the influence of all the information of that disease. Now that's going on today with a very potent mixture of rhetoric, of lie, just flat out lies, amen, of everything from social injustice to, to, to racism to, to what's, what's the, the big one, the uh, uh, global warming. They want to mix that one in, you know. And all these other things, and there's this enormous amount of information just blowing out of everywhere. Every news, every newscast. I mean, they can feel, used to, they couldn't feel 15 minutes in between the Beverly Hillbillies and Star Trek with news. The news, the weather, the sports was done in about, remember those days? Now they have 24-7 move coming at you, coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. Radio, internet, television, and a lot of people are losing their sobriety. Now listen to me. When you lose your sobriety in the natural, what happens? You begin to stumble. What happens if you go around stumbling? You begin to fall. Amen. Years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. He appeared to over 500 people. He gathered them and spoke to them. Went up in a cloud, went up to heaven, said, I'm coming back the same way. 
But he spoke to them and he said this, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power. He told 500 people that. 380 didn't go. I could imagine the rhetoric. Did you hear about those people that went to the upper room? Somebody said they saw them all drunk the other day. Mumbling, mumbling and stumbling and, and then Peter got up and said something, got the crowd all excited. It was probably some stupid thing anyway. Could you imagine how the devil talked people out of the glory of God in that day and hour? Of course he did. Then he raised up the Judaizers, Judaizers who were so full of themselves and so full of dead religion that they tried to grab onto the glory of redemption and add to it with the law. And all of the, all, listen, all of the apostles were martyred fighting them. They were all killed fighting them. John the Beloved, they took him in Rome. They thought he was the last one. And they heated up a pot of oil till the oil boiled. And they threw him in the pot. And he just sat there. He just sat there. And they took him out and there wasn't a burnt spot on his body. Scared, scared to fire out of Nero. That's why Nero freaked out. That's why he freaked out. Fiddled while Rome burned. They took him and put him on the Isle of Patmos. That's where he died. That's where he was martyred. But on the Isle of Patmos, he got the revelation, which shows everything that's conspiring and happening in this day and hour. And it is so plain from things in the Middle East to things that are going on worldwide to a world government and world system coming online right now. Listen, we may, we may get a four-year reprieve to have revival, awakening, and harvest. I, that's, that's the miracle I feel we are praying for. In our prayer and intercession that those that have been coming, we came to a climax Friday and Saturday night. The Lord spoke to me and said, you finished praying out what needs to be prayed out for Island Church? The provision, things for the building, things for the move of God, you've prayed that out. Sunday night we stepped into something brand new, not near the crowd. Much harder to pray. So about the second day I said, Lord, what is this? He said, this is for the nation. Because if the nation doesn't turn, you won't have the time. Some of you are looking at me like, let me, say, let me help you. You think God's in control down here? You're absolutely wrong. God hadn't been in control of this earth for 6,000 years. He's only in control of those that allow him to be in control. So he's looking for people right now, right now. Pastors call me all the time. How is this going on in your church? How do you get five people to come three nights in a row? How do, you, do, do you remember back in 2016 when we prayed for a week, we prayed for another week, we prayed for a week before our fall harvest conference, we prayed all during fall harvest conference, devil tried to wipe us out with a flood the last night of fall harvest. Anybody remember that? I mean, who was it? Got stranded way over there on the, got stranded in the, I mean, who's ever seen an eight inch rain in three hours in Galveston in October without a tropical system? That's what happened. Amen. And since then, this church has been on a knockdown, drag out fight with the devil, but we've been able to stand in victory and blessing because he's already defeated and we're not going to act any other way Amen. than to act as if he is defeated. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
So with these little messages that I'm doing on Wednesday night, I'm trying to just get people to wake up. To wake up. We will pray tomorrow night at 7.30. We will pray uh, Friday night, Saturday night at 6, Sunday night at 6 o'clock before communion. We'll have two services on Sunday. It's going to be a, a, a communion Sunday. Now, here's the thing many times we think, well, pastor, you know, I'm busy. I don't have time. I, I, I got this. I got that. You're the pastor. You can do anything you want. Here's the thing. We always have excuses that render us helpless in the face of what the adversary is doing if we let them. You study moves of God. One of the most profound was what, what took place in Wales in the, in the coal mining area of the, of the nation of Wales. It's there on the, on the island of Britain. And men back then worked 12-hour shifts. They worked 12 hours. They'd be a week on. And then they would be off for two days. Then they'd work another week or, or seven or eight days of 12-hour of shifts. Then the glory of God hit. And the power of God was so strong in some of the towns there in Wales that men would try to drink in the bars and could not get the glass to their mouth. And they'd drop the glass and conviction would call on them. They'd run to the church and get saved. Others would be coming to church and they would always want to walk to church at the same time because they could see this fireball come out of the sky and hit the church. Half a dozen times the fire brigade would show up because they thought the church was on fire. The men that worked in the coal mines were in church every night. Many times church lasted until the sun rose. How'd you like to be in the glory of God like that? Week after week after week, the men did not sleep. But they were the most productive on their crews. They were supernaturally refreshed and rested by the Spirit of God. And many of them didn't sleep for weeks, never even knew it. Never even knew it. Because that's how God was moving and that's how God was working. Do you think God reserved all of that for 100, 150 years ago? And doesn't have anything for us today? But you look behind the scenes of every move like that. You know what you find? You find prayer. Did you know that great revival that touched the New Hebrides, that touched Wales, that touched Scotland, that touched Northern Ireland? Did you know that happened because of two men that prayed? Did you know the great Brownsville revival that lasted almost four years and literally saw thousands of people come back to the Lord, get saved, get right with God? Did you know that came out of a prayer meeting that lasted 30 minutes on one Wednesday night a week for about four weeks, five weeks? And we're in the 45th day of prayer and intercession. What must God want to do? What must he want to do for you to protect you, to protect your family? to get you through this. Much of this is happening kind of like a frog in boiling water. You know, they put them in, when they make those frog legs, they put them in boiling, they put them in just regular water, then they turn the heat on. And they just don't know what's going on. Next thing you know, they're dead. Yeah. Have you noticed your grocery prices lately? Have you seen that? Amen. Look what's going on with our schools. Why do they want to stop school? Why is this the first time in history you quarantine the well and not the sick. We could go on and on and on with fact after fact after fact that plainly show. This ain't Kansas no more, Dorothy. You're somewhere else. There's something else going on. And it's time for the church to wake up and be a part of what God's going to do. Not what some political party's going to do. Not what some group is going to do, but what God's going to do. You think God's going to be outdone by a political party or by a radical bunch of people who want to tear everything down? 
You think God's going to be outdone by that? He's not. God's going to show himself glorious. God's going to show himself mighty. And he's doing everything he can do to gather all his children into a flock so that he can preserve them and protect them in these last days. Amen? Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you tonight. Lord, we ask that the Word and the Spirit work in tandem to drop something into the spirit of men and women beyond their flesh, beyond their mind, and beyond their problem of today. Lord, many in here have suffered loss, death in their families, bizarre things that have happened as testimony to the adversary doing what he's trying to do. Lord, we've seen people that one time so on fire for God that love God so much, don't even show up anymore. Don't even come around anymore. And if they do, it's like they're mad, upset, offended. We have to beware of the wiles of the devil. We have to walk in love and forgiveness and truth. We have to be God's people in the earth, God's children, walking in the full provision of what God has bought for us through His Son and His suffering. We thank You, Lord God. Let us wake up. Never before in history has the education of our children been threatened, our physical health been threatened, our civil rights and several freedoms and liberties been threatened the way they are now. Never before has our rights as Christians been attacked, been set aside for the greater good. What a lie. What a lie. Never before has the brainwashing of Satan had such a prevalent manifestation even in the lives of believers who fall for that junk and allow themselves to live under its dominion. Let us sober up, sober up and come to ourselves. Recognize there's bread in the Father's house. We cannot have faith in government, in leaders. We can only have faith in you, God. So we ask tonight that that stirring be increased, that that stirring in the Spirit, even though now we've left the intercession over the church and entered into the nation. Lord, I see how strong, how strong of a resistance the enemy is bringing against the only nation that has ever been on planet Earth that looks like the church. Where every race, every creed, every color of every nation on the world has gathered in one nation in America. God bless America. God bless America. That which Satan has designed for destruction. Father, give us a miracle. Let the peace of God rain down upon this nation, upon this earth. Let a clarity come. Lord, you said in your word that darkness would be exposed by light. Lord, you said in the word that the evil intentions of your adversary would be thwarted by those who understood the spirit realm and how to operate and flow in it. 
We find the fatigue of the flesh, the rationalization of the mind, and we ask that our spirits come alive and on fire in this day and hour. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we leave tonight, as is our custom and tradition, we claim our protection, our safety. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or no matter what we handle as the resource of our life, we thank you that we're protected, we're safe, we're kept by the Word, by the Spirit, and by the angelic realm. Thank you as we leave tonight, Father. We understand, recognize, and realize all of the information flowing in the world system. And when we're engaged in conversation, that we don't just apathetically nod our head and agree, but that a boldness will come upon us to look people in the eye and declare Jesus is coming soon. You better be ready. You better be ready. Father, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood. Come on, shout it out. Covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.